So we really need to be able to tune in and actually ask ourselves these questions when it comes to food. And that's the start. That's the foundational exploration when it comes to like, well, what do I eat in each of the four phases of my cycle? It's what is my attitude and where am I coming from when I'm thinking about choosing food for my cycle? You're listening to the Well Woman Podcast. I'm your host, Gemma Lee, women's menstrual cycle educator, natural fertility coach, and daytime mermaid. This is a place where we discuss all things periods, poo, ovulation, fertility, and sex. Join me weekly as we rediscover our menstrual cycles, unlock its superpowers, and guide you back into your cyclical nature. This is episode 226. And this is a solo episode, and it's coming to you from the inspiration of my breakfast in the middle of winter, considering I've just finished inner summer. In this episode, I'm going to be chatting with you all about eating for the four phases of your cycle, or you could also call that eating throughout your menstrual cycle. And I'm going to link that in with how to actually do that with eating in the seasons of the year. Now, if you know me personally or have done any of my programs or my courses or worked with me one-on-one, you will know I like a bit of woohoo. And as I do like a little bit of woohoo, I really love bringing in the eating and the moving in relation to our menstrual cycle into the depth of the cycle of the cyclical year. And I thought now would be a fantastic time to bring this topic up because for me personally, it's my post-summer, inner summer. I've just recently ovulated as I'm recording this and I had porridge for breakfast. And that's because I'm also in the middle of winter in the outer seasons. So I call the inner seasons and the outer seasons in reference to the seasons of the year, the calendar year. I don't really like the calendar year. That's a side side note there. But the year around the year, you could say from January to January or January to December. And then we've also got the cycle of our menstrual cycle. And how do we serve ourselves and serve ourselves on the planet wherever we are when we're moving around or maybe we're traveling and what is the best thing to do? So I get a few questions like this on Instagram. I love your questions. So thank you. You're always welcome to email me as well at admin at But I thought this would be a great topic. You know, I had porridge and I just finished ovulating. Is that normal? So let's talk about the four phases. I have brought out a few episodes in the past. You know, this podcast has been going for four years now. In that time, we have had a few conversations about eating throughout the four phases of your cycle. But it's time for a refresh and a bit of an update on the things I'm currently doing in my menstrual cycle. And if you're lucky, I might be inspired to share with you a little bit more about my herbs and my supplements that I also personally use. So let's see where this goes, shall we? When it comes to personal podcast episodes like this one, solos, you could say, they don't go anywhere near as long (laughs) as the other episodes. So this is probably going to be a nice short tidbit episode as opposed to me talking to myself for an hour, which is probably a bit psychotic at the same time. But let's think about the four phases, right? So we all know we have four phases of the menstrual cycle. And if you don't, you've been living under a rock. Welcome to the four phases of your menstrual cycle. We have inner winter, which is our menstrual time. 
We have in a summer, which is sorry, in a spring comes before in a summer. In a spring is the time before our ovulation, after our menstruation. Then we have in a summer. In a summer is that amazing time of ovulation. It's the shortest phase of our cycle and it's generally the peak of our fertility. And then we have in autumn. For most people who have a healthy length cycle, this would be the longest phase of your cycle. But it's not always the case. If you have a longer cycle, whether it's 33 days or longer, you would have a longer follicular phase than what you do a luteal phase. Now, you're listening to this and this is not a one-on-one conversation, unfortunately. So I can't exactly tell you what you've got, but if you feel that something's going on in your cycle, just reach out and ask for support. It doesn't have to be with me. It could be with anybody. Listen to your body and the messages it is giving you. All right. So the four phases, we know what the four phases are. So let's kick it off where all good things start at the death and the birth and the beginning of the menstrual cycle. That is our menstruation. So our menstruation is this really in-depth, in tune and connected time of our cycle. When we're menstruating, we need warm support. And when we don't have warm support, regardless of where in the calendar year we are. So even though I'm in my outer winter, so it's the middle of winter here in Australia, as I'm recording this, even though it's outer winter and I'm in my inner summer, those two seasons aren't always aligned. Like they're not aligned. It's opposite, right? But in a couple of weeks, I will be in my inner winter. And that means I will also be in my outer winter and my seasons will be perfectly aligned. So no matter where you are in the calendar year, you will always have one season that is perfectly aligned and the other three are not perfectly aligned. And so getting to know these two different seasons or the types of seasons from the outer seasons to the inner seasons is actually really really foundational and super fundamental to having a healthy cycle. Because the more we can live in tune with our bodies over where we are in the seasonal year, the more we can actually support the body. So recently, if you follow me along on Instagram, (laughs) recently I um, hosted a retreat in India, a Panchakarma cleansing retreat, which I love to do. If you want to join us on the next retreat, you can just email us at admin at wellsome.com and say, can you send me more information about the India retreat? Admin to your wait list. I left autumn just before the beginning of winter to go to 35 degree heat in India. And then after India, I went to Indonesia for a month where I met up with my siblings or two of my siblings, two out of three, one of their fiancés and my own partner. And I was in this beautiful, lush, humid environment, which was really summer, but it was also winter at home. So when I've come home, I've gone from a dramatic change and What that means is your body needs an adjusting period. It needs an adjusting time frame. And we live in a world where people don't like winter or you don't like summer. Whatever it is, there's always a season you don't love. And whatever that season is that you don't personally love in your own home environment, generally you try to avoid it. (laughs) So a lot of Australians down under in the Southern Hemisphere will go to a Northern Hemispherean country or holiday or getaway, whatever you want to call it, vacay. If you're in um, North America, I know you guys love to have a vacation whilst it's winter here. So people are like, get me the fuck out of the cold. I don't want to be in the cold. So people leave. But what you're doing is you're actually throwing your body out a little bit. So 
if you don't like summer and you love winter, what happens is if it's summer here in the Southern Hemisphere, I know a lot of people who love winter and love snowboarding and skiing. And so they leave summer and go into the depth of winter. Not many people leave spring and go to autumn and leave autumn and come to spring. But there's always a big shift between the two. And there's a large percentage of the population that love to do this. Now, there's nothing wrong with it. But when it comes to supporting your cycle, it's really important to understand what that actually can do to your body, to your cycle and to your overall health and cravings for things. So when I teach in cyclical school, which is our menstrual cycle coaching certification school, we have three programs. We teach menstrual cycle coaching. We also teach natural contraception and fertility awareness educator trainings. So in this or in these programs, I always, always, always teach this to our students. And so you're learning it hands on with me now. The first rule of thumb is always how do I feel? How do I feel in my body? Once we recognize how I feel in my body, then I can ask myself the question, okay, well, what does my body feel like right now? Like what? It's breakfast time. Let's just say it's in the morning and you're like, what does my body feel like right now? My body, excusing where I am on the planet, <laughs> yeah, excusing that you're in Bali and you're like, oh, I really want to go down and get that fresh coconut. Excusing that, asking where am I in my body? How am I feeling? What does my body want right now? They're the first two steps. Once you've done that, the third step, and this is the third step, and you can only take the third step after you've taken the first and the second step. You can't get to the top of the steps unless you've taken the steps to get there, is you then ask the question, well, where am I in the seasonal year? And is what my body is craving in alignment with what is happening in the seasonal year, the outer seasons right now? So the reason why we ask this question is because we need to serve the body first and foremost before we do anything else. And that's the challenging part. That's the really, really challenging part. It gets to summer, you know, and let's just say you're in the middle of summer and it's hot. I don't know where you live in the world, but for me, summer gets very hot here. We can get like 90 plus, 95 plus humidity, percent humidity. And then it's excruciatingly hot. Like you're sweating when you sit in the car before you even get a chance to turn the air con on. Like it's hot. The last thing you want to do when you're menstruating is have porridge for breakfast or have something warm. But listening to the body and the signs and the cues the body's asking for is actually what's going to help bring you to balance. Having a smoothie at that time is not going to support you. And it might make you feel good. It might make you feel refreshed. But how well is that supporting your cycle? And the choices you're making on that day, are they supporting how your cycle will be in a week's time, in two weeks time, in three weeks time, maybe even four weeks time? So we always want to think about the body first because the body is the vessel. You know, you don't think about filling someone else's car up with fuel before you think about filling up your own car. So we really need to be able to tune in and actually ask ourselves these questions when it comes to food. And that's the start. That's the foundational exploration when it comes to like, well, what do I eat in each of the four phases of my cycle? It's what is my attitude and where am I coming from when I'm asking these, like when I'm thinking about choosing food for my cycle? So that's the first thing. I could go on so many tangents in my mind right now (laughs) about this, but when we think about that, then we can answer honestly and transparently, well, what's going to most serve us? 
And when we do know that in reference to our our cycle, we can look at, okay, well, today I'll just give you another example. Let's just say it's day 26 of my menstruation and I'm due to bleed on day 27. I have a shorter cycle slightly and I ovulated a bit early in that cycle. I pinpointed that through natural fertility tracking and natural contraception. And so because of that, you know, I'm pretty sure I'm going to start menstruating tomorrow. I can feel that downward pull and energy in my womb space. I can feel that my cervix is really low. And I just, I have this in tune feeling that my menstruation is arriving soon, but it's summer outside and it's hot. So what do you do? What do you want? Do you want like cold, fresh things? Rule of thumb to help support that menstruation that's coming up is I would strongly recommend having something at room temperature or having something warm. It doesn't have to be super hot, but warm. So what does room temperature mean? Room temperature could be having, like I do this often in summer when it's outer summer and it's my inner winter. Maybe not exactly my inner winter. It's more so just when I'm not menstruating. So it could be just before or just after. But let's just say I want something that's really easy to have is I will make a chia pudding and I'll put it in the fridge and I'll have fruit. And that fruit might also be in the fridge because in summer here, the humidity, your fruit will go off in like two days if you don't have a refrigerator. Thank you to the person who created the refrigerator and electricity. But when that's my time of my cycle and it's out of summer, I will pull that fruit out first thing in the morning. So I get up, I stumble to the toilet with my eyes closed. I go to the toilet, I tongue scrape, and then I'll walk back to the kitchen and I'll pull out the things I know I'm going to eat for breakfast or potentially want for breakfast. And I'll put them on the bench. And that's at like five o'clock in the morning. And I leave them on the bench until they get to about room temperature. And then I will cut them up and then I will consume them. So what I'm doing is I'm actually preparing my body and the food well ahead of time. Ancestrally, they would be applauding me (laughs) because I'm actually activating my saliva glands, which activates digestive enzymes, thinking at five o'clock in the morning or 5.30 in the morning what I'm going to eat for breakfast, even though I might not eat it for another 90 minutes or maybe two hours, depending if I go to yoga or not. So I'm preparing and supporting my body with the temperature of food. And this is something that I think Westerners don't do very well at all. Whereas something that they teach in Ayurveda. So if you don't know what Ayurveda is, it's basically traditional Indian medicine. It means life sciences and all the life science of the body. And I've been working with Ayurveda since 2012, 2013, studied it in 2014 and I host retreats in a Panchakarma cleansing Ayurvedic retreat. So I love Ayurveda and their core teachings is to always eat food at room temperature or at, you know, a warmed or heated temperature because your digestive system is not cold. It's not designed to have things that are icy cold. It's not designed to have a shock of a really frozen smoothie or a smoothie bowl. And I won't go on a rant about the digestive challenges that come from having all of these cold foods all the time. That's another story. But for your menstrual cycle, having cold food is like putting your coconut oil in summer in the fridge. It just makes it go hard or putting it in the freezer. And so we want to keep our menstruation like liquid, like that coconut oil. And so having warm things like warm liquids to drink, warm food, keeping the body warm. If you're fortunate and you can lay in the sun at any time of the year, amazing. But keeping that 
warmness in the body, particularly that lower half of the body from, you know, your navel belly button down is really, really fantastic for healthy menstruation. So when it comes to food, I'm not going to really give you like, okay, you should be eating this particular fruit at this time. There are details around that that I do teach in my courses and in cyclical school, but the philosophy of how we're eating and what is the preparation of cooking and timeframes, that is way more important than anything else. So when it comes to your food at winter time and your inner winter is I want you to think about what would you actually eat at winter time in your outer winter? So what would you eat when it was snowing outside for breakfast? Welcome that into your diet when when you're menstruating or around menstruation. Now let's move on to spring. What do you like eating in springtime? For me, I really like eating, you know, fresh food. I like to welcome in the greens. All of a sudden I'm inspired to sprout mung beans and alfalfa and all of the things. And so these are great foods for your springtime. Springtime is, I like to generally have room temperature food all all cycle long, all year round. It's not often I'll have a, a cold smoothie ever, even if I'm out. I always ask for juices with no ice. And that's because I like to support my digestive system by not having cold things. And speaking of that, when I was in India hosting our cleansing Ayurvedic retreat, it's a 14-day retreat, not once is any of the food served cold or even cool. Everything is room temperature or warm. And you'll be so surprised if you did that for two full weeks, how supported your digestive system would be. So with spring food, back to spring, for me, I like doing like stir fries. I like doing roast veggie salads. I'm really liking quinoa at the moment, so I love to throw quinoa in. But it's really a great time for me where I I kind of stop having the warmer drinks. So I don't have as many of my medicinal mushrooms that I get from Superfeast. And I start kind of welcoming in a little bit more of that room temperature fresh food. So not super cold, but fresh. And I generally fry things um, in the fry pan, not a deep fryer. (laughs) Or I roast some veggies and pop it in a salad. B, my partner and I, we love making salads. He's like a, a salad whiz. I love it. He's a great chef. Not that he's a chef for work, by the way. He just really likes cooking and I like I like that quality in him. So yeah, that's kind of what we would focus on in spring is adding in more color. So we add in more um, red foods, we add in more yellow foods. It's a really good focus on having green and like yellow orangey style foods at this time of your cycle. Summer is all about freshness. And so I really, in my inner summer, I really enjoy having really good fruits. So right now it's the middle of winter in the outer seasons for me. And so there's no mangoes. <laughs> there's none of the really juicy fruits that I really love that I put at the top shelf or top picks, I should say. However, I'm still really blessed with winter fruits. And so that's berries, apples, peaches, pears, And so I really enjoy having fruit. We like to make salads with fruits, but also something we enjoy doing is we will make, you know, rice paper rolls or we eat out. This is a really good tip in your inner summertime is we eat out. My estrogen is high. My confidence is high. And therefore my digestive system is also high. And so we enjoy making date night plans in our winter time, my inner winter time for summertime. So it's generally about, you know, 10 to 14 days in advanced. And we love that. It's something to look forward to. We get to pick where we're going. It doesn't have to be dinner. Sometimes it's lunch, sometimes it's breakfast, but we always enjoy a meal out at that time of my menstrual cycle. And my supportive digestive system is really ramped up for that. 
So in your summertime, this is a good time if you have a, a sensitive digestive system to welcome in foods that you wouldn't eat overly often or maybe more of your what I would call your sometimes foods. So a good sometimes food for me is eggplant. I've had leaky gut in the past. So for me, eggplant, I don't digest super well. It's not something I would eat every week or multiple times during the week, but I do enjoy having that in my summertime. So enjoying some foods that you don't get to eat all the time in your summer is a really great way you can incorporate all types of food. Now, that leads me off to a little bit of a tangent about eating openly and eating confidently and building a confident relationship with food, a healthy food relationship, is that every type of eating is emotional, whether it's joy or sadness, there's always an emotion in it. But being obsessed around food or restricting yourself is really not healthy long term. So when it does come to eating throughout your menstrual cycle, my biggest tip is if you're going to restrict yourself from food or you are currently restricting yourself from food, my question to you is, what is the benefit to you long term with doing that? If you're on an extreme healing protocol, And it's short term, I understand that. But long term, what would be the benefit of restricting yourself from that food? And is this something that either I just don't want to eat because I know it's not good for me? Or is it something that I'm just forcing myself to not eat because I heard it's really bad for me? Building a relationship is really important. Like if you want to eat the chocolate, eat the chocolate. If you want to have the cake, eat the fucking cake. If you want to get the deep fried chips, eat the deep fried chips. It's not what you're eating that's important. It's how you're eating it. So what is the presence you have when you're eating that food? What is that relationship with that food that you have? Like, what is that relationship about? Is it a guilt relationship? Is it a shame? Do you force feed it in yourself and then don't let anyone else see you're eating it? Like, come on, we've all done that before, right? We're not, no one's perfect. Perfection is a paradigm. (laughs) But what is it? that you feel around that food and why are you avoiding it or why are you restricting yourself from that food? And I'm a big believer that when it comes to eating any food, like I can eat any food I want, but there's foods that I choose to eat and there's foods I choose not to eat. So I'm not someone that would go and eat McDonald's or KFC. However, I would be someone who would risk getting some fish and chips with my family. You know, every now and then it'd have to be gluten-free because I'm very highly allergic to gluten. However, because that makes me feel good. It's soul food. And that soul food makes me really, really emotionally connect with both myself, my childhood and my and my family. But if I was like, nope, can't eat that food. It's not good for me. What I would be doing is creating some, you know, a poor relationship with food in general. So looking at your relationship with food is something I'm going to invite you to do and invite you to explore what are the foods you restrict? Why do you restrict them? And is there a way that you could introduce it in a healthy relationship? And I always like to call them sometimes foods or often foods, foods that are for my body versus soul foods. And what are my limitations? So my limitation for me is I will always avoid gluten. I just know how that feels to me long term. Unless it's like a farm grown grain in the hills of Italy and they fresh make the pizza dough, you know, in their farmhouse, like there's an exception. However, I just generally know that definitely doesn't make me feel good. But 
dairy is something I've avoided for a very, very long time in the journey of healing leaky gut. But I also I'm open to exploring dairy. Sometimes I might have a little bit of feta in a salad or when I'm away on holidays, when my stress is low, I'll enjoy an ice cream. So what is that relationship with the food like? And exploring this in your inner summertime of your cycle is a really good thing to do. Now let's get to the fourth phase of our menstrual cycle, inner autumn. Inner autumn is a, it's a time I hear a lot of people like, oh my God, I just eat all the foods and I just crave and crave and crave. Having imbalances like that where you have excessive cravings often comes from having restriction in other times of your cycle. So when you reduce the restriction, there's a much more balance and that's very harmonious for you. But what I will always really love to focus on in my inner autumn time is the same foods I focus on in my outer autumn time. It's things like soups and stews. I know they're winter foods, but I love making slow cooker when autumn comes around and using pumpkin and carrot and sweet potato and, you know, lots of garlic and lots of onion. I'm sorry if you're fructose intolerant and you can't have those. You know, I love making foods like those. So we really enjoy having cooked Asian foods, cooked Indian foods, pastas, those kind of meals. In the autumn time, they give me great carbs. They help give me endurance with energy long term throughout the day. So I'm not ebbing and flowing and having highs and lows in my in my glucose insulin levels. And it helps me feel really supportive. So if you are someone who in your inner autumn pre-menstrual time and you're like, oh my God, I just am eating the pantry empty and I just want to ravish everybody. I would encourage you to explore what is your behavior with food like in the first couple of weeks of your menstrual cycle and explore that all together. So I hope this has been helpful. Something else I will add in personally, every day I take very much the same supplements. I use pharmaceutically graded multivitamins and I, or I use prenatals. The reason why I use prenatals is because having a healthy fertile cycle is actually having a healthy cycle. And I love that a prenatal has a few extra nutrients than a regular multivitamin. They're the same price. So I use those. I use mercury-free fish oils, um, some vitamin C, magnesium, calcium, and vitamin D I use. I also increase that amount when I'm premenstrual and then menstruating. I always take more, about double the dose I take. So I use Superfeast products. Superfeast, my beautiful friends, Tani and Mason own Superfeast. And if you want to use a code to get a discount, you can just use Gemma Lee. I share their products because I absolutely love them. But personally, I use the I Am Gaia, which is their women's blend. Great for cycle health. I also use their beauty blend and I really enjoy their Mason's mushrooms and their reishi. So there's a few, I have a few other little bags of things that I like to sometimes use, but they're kind of the core ones that I will always use. And I also do seed cycling. I kind of dabble in seed cycling. Sometimes I do it, sometimes I don't. But I do like the habit of, you know, using more sesame seeds and sunflower seeds in the second half of my cycle. So that's, you know, ovulation through to menstruation. And then when menstruation kind of starts, I move on to flax seeds and pumpkin seeds. And I enjoy making 
you know, salad toppings with them or baking with them in my autumn time. So I find them really beneficial too. I use the Seed Cycle. They're an amazing, great Australian company. You can use the code Gemily for them too. <laughs> I always give discounts or organize discount codes for the companies that I absolutely love. And with the nutritional products, I use Usana. I've been using them for over 10 years and absolutely love them and recommend them to all of my clients. There'll be a link in the show notes for these. But if you want to get a link for them, you can just go to the website or I will. you'll find it in the show notes here. So that's a bit of an insight. They're the main things that I use when I shop. I always buy clean products. So I buy from the farmer's markets. I don't buy too much from the supermarket. Generally, it's if I need coconut milk or I need coconut yogurt, that kind of stuff. But the rest I get mostly from the farmer's markets. And I really enjoy that, you know, buying from the farm and, you know, farm to table, you could say. So there's a bit of an insight in eating cyclically and understanding the differences between the cyclical nature of the planet and the cycles of the seasons versus the cyclical nature of the inner seasons. I hope this has been really, really helpful. I'd love to hear from you. Come onto my Instagram at Wellsome underscore Gemily and let me know if this was a good episode and you liked this. I didn't realize I would last 30 minutes. I thought I wouldn't make it this far. (laughs) But if you have any other solo episodes or anything else you would like for me to share, please come and let me know. So, so grateful to have you here in my community and tuning in and listening. Thank you for being a part of it. And I'll be chatting to you next week. Thank you so much for tuning into every episode of the Well Woman Podcast. For everything we mentioned in today's episode, you can find this in the show notes over at wellsome.com forward slash podcast. If this episode excited you, please hit follow on Spotify, which means all of my episodes will pop up in your feed weekly so you never miss a weekly drop. I'd love you to leave a review on Apple Podcasts too. Love this episode? Come and follow me over on Instagram at wellsome underscore Gemily. Say hi and share what you've taken away from this episode with me. Now, is there a bestie, sister, or a friend who you know who might be fed up, frustrated, and confused with their cycles? Are they ready to join you in awakening their cyclical essence too? Well, take a screenshot of this podcast episode, share it on your socials, email it, text it, or any way you need to get it to them. So together, we can all live in flow, harmony, and balance with our cycles. Now, until next time, beautiful, get connected, listen to your body, and remember, body confidence all begins with living in tune with your menstrual cycle.